World Adoption Day is on the 9th of November. That was yesterday. We will pause and take a look at adoption, adoption practices, adoption culture, adoption support, and all of the things that make up adoption um, that are important to not just adoptive parents, but adopted children, um, and what becomes a family not born out of, um, you know, natural consequences, but a family born out of choosing each other. Because that's really what it means to be an adoptive parent and an adoptive child. You chose each other. You agreed to form a life together. It may not always be in, in the strictest of verbal senses, but there's an agreement there. And that agreement is so strong and so important that we need to reflect on it. Joining me for this conversation is uh, Tabitha Dalamo, uh, Dolamo, who's the founder of Baby and I, as well as Katenka Peterser, who's the chief executive, uh, chief executive officer of EBA Adoptions. Tabitha and Katinka, thank you so much for your time this morning. Really, really want to thank you. Um, Tabitha, you're the founder of Baby and I. I'm assuming that you're an adoptive parent? Yes, um, Oliver, and uh, good day to you and your listeners. And, and maybe that would be a good place to start. Tell us about your adoption journey and your adoption story. What encouraged you to adopt and and what was that experience like for you not just going through the process of adopting but the life that, mm. that then that then came out of that it it really was um, an interesting journey because there was quite a lot to learn and unlearn at the same time um because initially we had thought that it was going to be a quick in and out of <laughs> of an orphanage home with the baby that you just pick you know, and um, that's not how it is. Um, there are legal processes that needs to take place for the safety of the child, myself, and even the biological family. Um, so for me, I was very determined to do it. And um, it happened because I could not have um, another biological child. And we felt that, no, we're not gonna try more interventions. I mean, I've gone through an IVF treatment that was not successful. And uh, then the, 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 the adoption conversation resurfaced with, with, with my family. And um, it, it does sound long for somebody who's in a hurry and who probably does not understand. But as you go along the journey with the social workers, you then get to understand that it's not just a quick uh, solution. And we're very happy to finally receive yeah. our little one after 12 months, which uh, for me was was a great was a great uh, milestone to reach. Mm -hmm. And what has your life been after you've successfully adopted a little one? Really amazing. Uh, the family is now bigger, and um, and it does come with its own challenges as a parent, you know. But for me, it was he was never like a, a, a an outcast, so to say. But he was a child that I needed to 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 then look after and parent. And just like all the other children that I've parented, it was the same with him in terms of um, how we then discipline, how we teach how we then bring him up in terms of um, playing a role as a parent. So it's, it really has been an amazing uh, journey for me. 
and no regrets. Yeah. And I wish I could do it over and over, but um, you have to stop somewhere. But I, we're really happy to have him as an additional member of our family. Katinka, mm. do we have a healthy adoption culture in South Africa? Do we have have healthy adoption culture? Yes. Is that because that is to say, do we look? Yes, that is to say, do we look at adoption as? Do most prospective parents look at adoption as a viable route to becoming a parent uh, and pursuing it with earnest? Not necessarily. Um, I think we have to be honest there. I think it is evolving and it is changing, but I think that one needs to keep in mind the history of adoption and how the the profile of children that we are placing have changed um, over the last few years. Um, I think that our our adoption process, which are legally mandated and prescribed, um, is actually a very good one. And I think that the service providers rendering these services uh, do have the knowledge and the experience and expertise to ensure that all adoptions that happen are child-centered rather than focus on the need or the want of the adoptive parents. But I do believe that we still, we still, you know, we, we're still getting baby steps, um, just taking into consideration the lower numbers of adoptions that we register per year in South Africa. So I often think that there are a lot of children that potentially can benefit because they might be um, placed in a child and youth care centre or they might be um, in institutionalised care, um, not having permanent family care or not being considered for adoption. And I also think that we still have a lot of work to do in terms of raising awareness um, in communities and in society in general uh, with regards to the benefits of, of becoming an adoptive parent and how how amazing it can be to become an ado- a family through through adoption. So, yes, I think we 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 improving, but I think we we still have a lot of work to do. How many children are placed in South Africa? And how many children are placed in homes per year? Well, it's more or less. Well, the children that are placed for adoption that are legally adopted um, is around one thousand one hundred, and you must keep in mind that that include that number include. Uh, children placed uh, through step-parent adoptions and even um, related or family adoptions. So it's a much smaller percentage of children actually in need of alternative permanent family care that we are placing for adoption. And um, unfortunately, in the last decade or so, that number uh, are consistently declining, um, which is quite sad because I do not believe that the number of children that can benefit are actually declining. Mm-hmm. And can you talk to me, uh, Dr. Katinka, about the induction process, if, if there is one, between an adoptive parent um, and the child that is being placed in their care? Uh, what's the conversation, as someone who's a service provider in that field, what's the conversation like? Um, and and, and what, do you, what, what is important for you to establish to ensure that this is a safe uh, and, and, and that this has been a successful process of placing? Okay. I I think it starts very importantly with the process of screening or the assessment that we do with regards to the the prospective adoptive applicant or parents. Um, So first of all, it's quite a cumbersome, long process that we undertake, um, which is essentially to meet the requirements that the Act states, which means that the parents have to be willing and able to undertake parental responsibilities and rights, and they must be fit and proper. So, you know, a lot of time is spent with the applicant in terms of their background, um, their general uh, interpersonal functioning, intrapersonal functioning, their support systems, their environment, um, their socioeconomic functioning, um, uh, even in terms of equipping them 
uh, with regards to the unique uh, needs that come with placing an adoptive child. So, you know, this in, its, in itself is quite a long process. Um, and then also we've got very specific processes in terms of ensuring that we, we do good matchings between prospective adoptive parents based on their profile, their uniqueness, their abilities, and then the specific needs of the children that we, we find families for. So, you know, even that is really done on an evidence-based method. Um, and then uh, when we introduce the child or propose the child to the prospective family, ideally, and I trust that most service providers do that, you know, you will spend time to prepare the uh, prospective adoptive family. Um, depending on the child's age, the child will also be prepared. Um, it might entail a gradual introduction into the family where the social worker will remain involved. Um, you know, so I think in terms of the process, uh, it's really, it's not an easy one. Tabita just mentioned that, you know, she came in thinking it will be a quick, fast one. Um, but in the end, it's really because we are making a recommendation which basically have a permanent life-altering implication mm. for the child. So um, with regards to that, I feel that the existing service providers who are um, accredited by the Department of Social Development and who have been registered in a speciality um, should meet quite a high standard in terms of ensuring that the child is well matched, well placed, um, and that um, you know that the integration is is doing well. Give us a call. The number to dial is zero eight six triple zero two zero three two zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. Are you uh, aspiring adoptive parents? Are you an adoptive parent? What has your journey been like? What has your experience been like? Were you perhaps adopted? How has that impacted your life? How did the experience of being an adoptive child shape you? Give us a call, 86 I'm also taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 614 And you can tweet me at Oliver underscore speaking on Twitter, Oliver Dixon on Facebook. Tabitha, I want to ask you this question, uh, uh, and, and, and maybe you can give us a response on the other side of this break. Um, but is there a sort of or, or a level of a stigma that you had to overcome uh, mentally or a mental hurdle that you have to jump for yourself before becoming an adoptive parent? As you explained earlier about yours, you had to consult your family, Oftentimes, for many adoptive parents, it is born out of some level of infertility. Um, and when you mm. say you're an adoptive parent, people assume that there was something wrong with you or something is wrong with you. And that stigma can impact how you see yourself as a parent. Many may see themselves not as rightful and complete parents, but they are, right? Mm. Uh, and, and, and that mm -hmm. mental hurdle is an important one. And I, and I want you to speak to that. But before we do that, let's take a quick break. SAFM, leading the conversation. Give us a call. The number to dial is 86 I'm also taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Tabitha, to that question, what were some of the mental hurdles that you had to jump or some of the mental resolutions that you had to make for yourself when you were going through the process, when you decided to go through the process and how it shaped your life thereafter, is there any sort of apprehension you may have had, some stigma you had to overcome for yourself personally, not even from society? Um, what was the internal conversation like? Um, so, Oliver, for me, I had to accept that I won't be able to have any more biological children 
and um, which was also a journey on its own, you know, and that's why the adoption uh, conversation needed to, to, to start. And for me, I was not about to, to go through another IVF uh, treatment, which is uh, not only expensive and it, it, it's actually very um, emotional as well. And the expectations and waiting to hear the results, whether you've fallen pregnant or not. I was not about to go down that, um, I, I was not about to redo that um, that journey. So I needed to move on. I needed to be okay. And for me, being okay had already sort of resolved the, 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 the future problems in terms of how would then um, other women look at me? How would then my husband's family would, would, would perceive me and look at me. So we had um, extensive conversations with, with our immediate family, being my in-laws and my immediate family. Um, so for I haven't had um, anyone talking badly about me because also they just fell in love with the fact that we have this little a bundle of joy that has joined the family. So I haven't had any negative um, feedback about about me going uh, for adoption, actually. So my dad, my late father, was a bit skeptical about it, and my husband was as well. But um, after several conversations with family, they then became okay. And to date, I don't even know I'm at issue. Yeah. Can I ask, and not all in all detail, but what were some of the reasons they were skeptical? So, unfortunately, I could not get a reason for my dad. He subsequently passed away. But for my husband, it was a culture issue. Um, he was reserved to say that, oof, maybe the child might not be accepted by, by the family. He might not be of the same culture. And uh, But my mother-in-law had to then intervene and um, sort of, put his mind at ease to say, look, the child is going to be introduced as your child and the child is going to carry your surname. So um, he did not have to worry about those cultural issues that might come up with a child who's not biologically ours. Yeah. How big of an, uh, an, an issue oftentimes does cultural differences and cultural configurations and denominations play um, in the adoption process? And I ask this, uh, Katinka, because you, you're at the process end of everything. In, in your yes. assessment, how, how, how important is that as a feature? It, it's quite significant. I think it's, it's very important. Um, just based on my own practical experience working more than 20 years in adoption and also just um, in terms of reasons that's been cited um, uh, through research, culture has come up repeatedly. Um, I think in South Africa, the, the issue of a legal process of removing one fa one's family's right to a child and placing these rights into another family um, is almost co in contravention with the lay belief surrounding ancestral belonging. And that to some extent, it's shown that, you know, the, the, the legal concept of adoption is almost foreign to African belief system. So um, I know that many prospective adoptive parents coming into the process have concerns about you know how will that this fit into the culture and they are quite anxious about 
the whole issue of introducing this to their significant others and family. Um, and also, you know, in adoptions, we, we do encourage and we actually promote and require that adoptive children should be told that they have been adopted. It is not something that you keep a secret. You cannot base the child's life or identity on, on something that they're not being truthful about. So, you know, it is something that you will have to address in relation to the child first. Um, and, um, um, you know, Tabita, again, her experience sounds for the most a bit positive, but we've also seen that they, you know, it's not always that positive. Often family are opposing this and there is a lot of misinformation and concerns and fears, um, which often can be addressed once the family understand or the applicants understand um, how this can actually work and that it can it can be it can fit within culture but it is definitely an area that is challenging hmm. give us a call 086-000-2032 086-000-2032 also taking your whatsapp voice notes on 0614-104-107 0614-104-107 i think of what happens Hi, when an this is daniel joshua challenge with a question for your guest as far as adoption is concerned. Uh, is it advisable for the child, a little child that is being adopted, and as the child grows to a certain age, for you to advise the child that the child is adopted or that should be kept secret? Because later in life when the child comes to know the child is adopted, the child is going to... Uh, some children can have, have an effect on the children and they can want to look for the biological parents. So my, my question is, is it advisable to notify the children when they come to an age where they can understand that they've been adopted? Thank you and God bless you. Oliver, in these days you take a risk when the child grows up, the neighbors, relatives will tell him or her that you were adopted because they are jealous of maybe you will leave the will to him or to her. Or sometimes when the child grows up, put you in many problems in these days. It was better long ago to adopt. The child would go to Kumbulikai asking for his or her parents. Thank you, Oliver. Good morning, good morning, Bra Oliver and your guest. Bra Oliver, why not make it easy for people to adopt kids? With this high rate of people killing kids, we just had recently a woman who killed the kids in a horrific manner with a hammer. Now you make one year to adopt a child, somebody to people that don't have that time to be going up and down in the offices to adopt a child. They need to, to be working. The process must be made easy because the people, they really have love and they want to have the kids. You know? How, why not make it easy? Keep those WhatsApp voice notes coming in on 0614-104-107. I'm also taking your calls on 086-000-2032. 086-000-2032. And you can also send me a tweet at Oliver underscore speaking on Twitter and you can find me on Facebook it is Oliver Dixon over there but we are taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107 and your calls on 086 what was your adoptive process 
an experience like? Are you an adoptive parent? Are you an adoptive child? How has that shaped your life? Let's take a quick break. On the other side of this, we continue the conversation. It's time for your headlines with Ava. 086-000-203 to give us a call and be a part of the conversation. If you have questions about adoption, if you have a story to share about adoption, this is in celebration of World Adoption Day, which was yesterday. Adoption is often thought of, still till today, thought of as this really strenuous exercise, but often thought of an alternative family structure that's difficult to navigate, different from that of the normal nuclear family structure, right? And it's, it's important that we have these conversations uh, to be able to uh, shape it out. Um, Katinka, one of the first voice notes we had there was someone who asked, um, is there a age that is best for adoption and to have that conversation with kids uh, with? Um, that's to say, is it is it easier to do it with an older child than with a younger child? And how does that match against the preference of parents who are coming in and saying, I want to adopt? Do they often prefer newborns, young children, or do they prefer uh, children who are slightly a lot, uh, a little bit older and a lot more independent? Maybe if I can start with the, the profile of children that most uh, prospective adoptive parents are interested, I think purely for reasons of wanting to raise or have the child as part of their family as early as possible for bonding purposes, um, you know, most people have a preference to have a younger baby. Um, the sooner the, the baby are placed, the, the you know, the less... Um, uh, exposure this child have to multiple losses that you know that that can um, complicate his ability to attach and to bond with his prospective family. So, I would say the majority wants younger children, but there are families that specifically apply also and that are open to adopt older children. Maybe they're a bit older; they have already have another biological child or things like that. You know, so it differs, but predominantly babies. Um, I think I think the the, the second part of your question, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a big concern or area of concern or almost anxiety for prospective adoptive parents, this whole issue of secrecy versus telling. Um, and we often say to our prospective adoptive parents that the child already knows that he was adopted because he was there when he was born and he was there when he was placed for adoption. So on some level, children are aware they, they were there. Um, and, and we spend a lot of time um, to equip adoptive parents on how to handle the telling. And what we basically advise, because we don't have a lot of time here, but what we basically advise is that as your child would learn any language or anything, any anything that's relevant in your family life, you will learn about his adoption. So actually telling starts even when you are still a baby. So you can talk to your child because you do. You do talk to your baby and you can um, use the word adoption and the child can become familiar with the word adoption. And as the child acquires the ability to speak and language starts developing, that word is already part of his vocabulary. And you can use pictures and stories and albums um, mm. So you, there's no perfect age. You don't wait and one day you put the child down and you tell. Um, right from the start mm. when this baby is placed, the adoption language becomes part of the raising and the process. What happens when you adopt a, a I don't know, a one-year-old and by the time they turn 9, 10, they say, hey, I actually want to go find my biological parents. I, I'm, I'm assuming that's a tough thing to hear as an adoptive parent. How do you deal with that? Tabita or Katanka, I'm... From a, from a, uh, okay, okay. Um, I would I would say that I haven't seen that at that young age, um, especially in cases where children have been told from the start 
Um, I mean, a part of your conversation with your child, even his adoption story evolves as the child gets older. We also talk about the layers of an onion. So um, by that age, the child has the ability to abstract think and and. Uh, the child will have, um, there will almost be boundaries in terms of what the child, uh, you know, can can do. So legally, a child can only meet family or search after the age of 18. So adoptive parents are equipped to help the child to deal with that. So if a child at nine would ask me, um, I want to meet my mother, as a parent, I should know that my child is curious and my child is wondering. And obviously, there's a missing and there's, um, this knowledge is difficult and the child is probably developing emotionally. Yeah. And, and the important thing is not to try and solve it. The important thing is to stand still with the child where that child is mm. and to work through those emotions and to validate and to acknowledge mm. um, and to go through the motions. Um, I have to be honest, in my experience, in most adoptions, um, children are curious. They ask if they are told if it's handled well and they have the room to go through these losses and motions um they really uh, you know want to reject the adoptive parent um and 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 this is the the, the huge challenge for adoptive parents wh where we have to assist them is to help the child to integrate both his biological background and his his identity with his adoption family and it's very very possible not taking away mm. that it can be a very very difficult and painful process and um, tabita can maybe add in terms of as a parent, how hard it must feel if you envision a child asking and how that feels. Yeah. Tabitha, is that ever yep. a question that was at the back of the mind for you? Um, so for me, because of the uh, um, workshop that I went through, I introduced him to the, to the terminology, the word adoption when he was three years old. And it does give me anxiety as, as he's growing up and but I am very much waiting for those uh, for those conversations. And we deal with them based on how he's feeling. And I know that the, the social workers have indicated to us that when he's ready to, to, to meet the biological parents, then they will assist us um, in that integration as well. So I do get anxious, um, but I'm very much careful in terms of how I say things to him and when uh, we communicated certain issues, but at three years old, he already knew the term, the the, the word adoption. Yeah, yeah. Let's take some of your calls. Tando in Johannesburg, you're an adoptive hey. mom. What's that been like for you, Tando? Yes. Oh wow, I'm so happy this 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 topic has come up. Um, mm. uh, the process has never been easy, but let me start with my love for my very first child, um, who who I've adopted. We adopted then. Um, I'm saying then because then um, mom and dad decided to go separate ways, but we're maintaining our love for our child. Um, but the initial process of adoption um, was not um, for us. Uh, we actually got a call uh, because we had signed up with social de de department of social department. What is it called? Department of social development. Yeah, uh, yes. to say that we look into adopt. We had I had. Um, I had a miscarriage, and so obviously we didn't want to go try again because I knew that I was going to have another miscarriage anyway. So um, we then um, signed up um, to adopt. That was when the whole orphanage, I think if I'm right, the whole space of orphanage, taking children to orphanage uh, homes was, was being sort of... Um, removed in a sense. Uh, children were going directly not um, from... from um, maybe the hospital to uh, families. 
So we were identified as one of those families because we had registered. And we got our baby, um, I think, 14 days later. So we always say we adopted her from birth, which was because the first 14 days was when they were trying to locate the birth mom on what, yeah. the birth mom and all that. So that process was easy uh, in that sense. But seven years later, my daughter is now seven years, and her names has still not been changed to our names. And now it's, it's, it's sad for her because now um, accidentally at school she'll be called that other name which was on the birth certificate um, upon birth and it's frustrating it mm. mommy what is this mm. why are they calling me this all the time and i have go we have gone together and now by myself to the department of um the responsible department to say can you please uh change our daughter's name so that she she doesn't have um to deal with such questions i'm talking about those questions and those concerns because as black families who are not very um, comfortable with the whole thing of adoption. My mom decided, no, we're not going to talk about this adoption. This child is yours. We, the word adoption does not exist in this family type of thing. So the fact mm. that now she has to deal with other names and other surname, another, another surname is a thing. And now, even mm. last week, she said, mommy, people sometimes at school or at the hospital, they, they called me this name. I'm like, you know what, my child... It's a name that was on your birth certificate. Uh, we're dealing with it. I'm not saying it's wrong Does or it's right. Does she know that she was adopted? Yes, eventually. I was scared. Sometimes I feel like as adoptive parents, children can handle yeah. it, but we, don't, we cannot handle it. There was a time when I was scared. Mm. I didn't want her to, to tell her. I'm listening to somebody who says they told their child at the age of three. Even at five, I was panicking when, when that time had come mm. for me to, to start talking about it. Mm. But now we talk mm. about it. Now we, 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 we make conversations around it. We read stories, books and about adoption and all that. So she is mm. aware that she's adopted. She is aware that she's mm. not from mommy's belly. She, she comes from mm. another lady, another mom's tummy, but not from mommy's tummy. And now she's like, okay, mommy, now it's about time that you have another child. But this time from mm. your tummy, you know. So, mm. so... So, so the conversation is starting to open up, and I like that we were trained to wait. I mean, mm. it's not a one size fits all. We had to wait. Some people could at three, at four, at five. We had to wait, and and more so after during the time two years when we were aware that we are going through divorce, that we had to talk mm. about this adoption even more, and it put, it put my child on a safe space. Um, even when she talks about her dad. Um, mm. You know, she still knows that we. I'm not from my mommy's tummy, but my mom. We're working on mommy to have another baby. <laughs> However, we mm-hmm. work that out. <laughs> Thank you so much for for sharing yes. your story, Tando. So, really, so, uh, really, my really advocate is that it. people must adopt. People must adopt. It's you know, there's no such a thing. My sister asked me one day. She said, "Don't you feel like you could have had your own child?" I'm like, you know what? This child has filled every part of me. You know, mm-hmm. if I have another child, it's because we want another child, but not because mm-hmm. I'm replacing anything with anything. No, my child mm-hmm. is my child. She's mm-hmm. my child. And yeah. Um, Thank you so much, Tando. Really, really appreciate you sharing your story with us. Really, really appreciate that. Ahmed van Veek was in Annadale. Ahmed, good morning. Good morning, Oliver. How are you? I'm fantastic. Go ahead. Oliver, I was adopted. I couldn't even remember, but I was actually adopted by family. And uh, as I grew up, now I was the oldest in our family. I, I mean now uh, by my adopted family. And uh, <clears throat> what stood out about them was uh, seemingly that I was the eldest. I was now the one that was, uh, you know, I was like supposed 
to uh, the way we were, we grew up. I was supposed to tell them what to do. I had to, uh, you know, like, mm. uh, this is how mommy and, 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 and daddy wants us to do things. And uh, like that, uh, I never even, uh, 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 you know, like missed uh, my own uh, mother because I know her. And uh, because I, that's the way I grew up. And uh, mm. even today, Oliver, I'm, 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 I've got nothing against my own mother. Because I, as I grew up, uh, my adopted mother, that's my aunt now, she explained mm. to me what was the, the, uh, the situation. And uh, like, you know, like I said, I was the eldest. I used to get mm. a bicycle before their own children would get the bicycle. Then it will be mm. the second eldest. Um, even trains, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, mm. But what I hated <clears throat> was I had to start, uh, my, my, my father was uh, a mechanic. So when we grew up, we would do like uh, side jobs uh, at home. I had to, I had to like uh, keep the lead light for him at night, even when it was winter. He would just tell me, put, go make for us tea. Then I'll come back, keep the, 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 the lead light. Uh, but like I said, there was no abuse, nothing. The only thing mm-hmm. uh, I can say about it was them, a normal family experience. It was a normal like family that. experience for you. Yeah, I and uh, yeah. like I said, Oliver. Uh, even today, the way I grew up, young children, they always want to be around me. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, upbringing mm-hmm. I got. Mm. And, uh, unfortunately I, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to leave it there uh, but I thank you so much for sharing your story with us really 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 do appreciate it uh, Katinka I appreciate your insights thank you so much for coming onto the platform um, and, 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 and sharing with you uh, with us as well Tabitha same to you I really appreciate it uh, and, and this was an incredibly important conversation and I hope it helped uh, someone out there today that brings us to the end of the show thank you so much for being with us uh, here from our Cape Town broadcast really really do appreciate it 